You've seen those movies where they say, make my day, or I'm your worst nightmare. Well, listen to this one. Rubber baby buggy bumpers. Ha! You didn't know I'm gonna say that, did you? Your move, creep. to a special bonus episode of the Film Feast podcast. I am your host, Matt Bledsoe, and I am flying solo on this episode because, honestly, it's uh, pretty last minute. Uh, I just really wanted to put out an episode last Friday, but last week was just way too hectic, way too crazy, um, too much going on in my life um, to get an episode recorded and edited and all that. So I didn't want to drive myself crazy, so I took the week off, but I still... Kind of had the itch to do something, so I am messing around here and doing a this bonus episode. Uh, I don't really have much of a plan, to be honest with you. Um, I am just going to basically go ahead and talk about some stuff I've watched lately and some things I picked up in some of the recent sales, like the Kino sale and the Warner Archive sale. Um, and yeah, I don't think I'll take too long because um, it's just me. I don't want to bounce anything off of, so <laughs> I will do my best here. Um and I also have to say, I felt bad. My friend Anthony King was supposed to be on the last episode. I had to reschedule with him, uh, but he will be back on in a couple weeks. And we're going to do uh, another movie swap episode. Um, if you guys missed that, we did that, I think, about a month or two ago. We gave each other random movies to watch, and then we had to pair them up with another movie. Um, so if you enjoyed that episode, another one's coming very soon. Should be about mid-April. Um, we'll be doing that again. But again, Anthony, I'm sorry I had to reschedule on you, but... Um, but yeah, I just, uh, it's the weekend now. My week has finally ended. So, uh, I just wanted to do a quick podcast, see how this goes. So if you guys like it, I can do more. If not, I'll never do it again. (laughs) So, um, yeah, don't really have a plan, but, uh, just was going to talk about some stuff I've seen lately. Cause I don't know how much of a chance I'll have to talk about it coming up on podcasts here. So, um, I guess let's get the big one out of the way first. The, uh, (laughs) the big, the movie everyone's talking about, and then no one could stop talking about uh, the Snyder Cut of Justice League, uh, which just came out this past week, and uh, and four hours in all its glory, and uh, I watched it day one. I, I was not somebody who was that excited about this Snyder Cut. I saw Justice League in a theater, um, did not really care for it at all, really didn't like it, honestly, and kind of was like, well, that happened, and I moved on, and then uh, the Snyder Cut stuff started happening, Um, I was not involved in any of it, I didn't really, I just was like, okay, that probably will never happen, is what I thought, and shockingly, it did happen, and uh, it is now a real thing, and uh, it is shockingly good, it is so much better (laughs) than I remember that theatrical cut being, Um, I was shocked, I was honestly surprised how much I enjoyed it, um, 
So yeah, consider me a convert, I guess. I I was blown away. I was really, I could not believe how much better the movie was. Uh, there's so much more stuff in there. Um, I just can't believe how much was left out the first time. Uh, so many more things are fleshed out. Characters are uh, given more time to breathe. I mean, especially the stuff with Flash and Cyborg. I mean, Cyborg especially, all his stuff was like the heart of the movie, and they just ripped it out. <laughs> and uh, fortunately, they were able to put it back. Snyder's able to put it back in, and it makes it so much better. I mean, I it's insane on almost every level. It's a better movie than it was originally, and I just didn't think that he could make something so much better out of what was originally there. But it, that shows how much they tampered with it apparently so um yeah i really thought it was good i don't know how much to say about it it just came out so i don't want to say too much especially going to like spoiler territory there were some characters i was excited to see turn up uh i will say that i've been like in a big uh dc comics justice league mode recently i've been watching uh the cartoon like the early 2000s hbo max and really enjoying revisiting that it's really really well done if you have not checked that out um, it holds up incredibly well. It's a lot of the same creative team, I believe, from um, Batman the Animated Series. So the kind of the level of quality from that. Um, and it's such a good good show. And I was kind of primed, I think, for some more Justice League. And the Snyder Cut delivered. I, you know, it's, I mean, it's exciting, too, that a director got to kind of go back and finish what they envisioned. And, uh, you know, I know we all kind of, miss the actual experiences and streaming services or killing things is what I you know here but uh, this is the kind of thing where you know he could not put a four-hour movie out in a theater so the fact that HBO Max allowed this to happen <laughs> is kind of incredible so I'm kind of curious in the future if maybe we'll see more things like there's other movies I don't know but I'm I'm interested by it but yeah, I'll just say this Snyder Cut kind of blew me away with how much I enjoyed it because I had very low expectations, honestly, but I thought it was really good. Um, so, yeah, no, it was... So, okay, next thing. I watched a movie I'd want to see for a long time, um, and that was Robot Jocks uh, by Stuart Gordon, which is a movie that is usually kind of hard to see, and the Blu-ray is very out of print. It's like a $100 Blu-ray now. I think Screen Factory put it out. Um, but Robot Jocks popped up on Amazon Prime, and it is uh, a Stuart Gordon movie from 1990, I believe, uh, an Empire Pictures, Charles Band production, so low budget. But um, Stuart Gordon's such a good director that I feel like he makes the most of that small budget. And basically, it's a movie about this is like kind of Cold War, post-Cold War, I think. And and war has been outlawed. They don't have war anymore, but they have they basically settle the differences countries have their own like robot jockey. It's where the robot jocks thing comes from. And they fight in these giant like robot mech suits. And that's how they settle disputes. And basically America and Russia are fighting over Alaska. And they send they send uh, their best guys to fight each other in giant robot suits um, for ownership of Alaska. Uh, and that's basically, it's just giant robot fights. And, uh, you know, it's very entertaining, like very... It's done very low budget, but I think that he Gordon does such a good job with what he's doing that you kind of almost forget sometimes how cheap it can be. But but I just think it's a very fun, creative movie. It feels like a perfect like two in the afternoon on Saturday movie type thing. Um, very like fun, just you know, kind of goofy movie. Um, 
but yeah, it's it's very good. I uh, and that reminded me uh, that I want to talk about. I almost tweeted about this, but uh, I am fascinated by Stuart Gordon's post two thousands non horror work. It's very specific, but he did like three movies. I, I think I've got them all here. That um, that are very interesting. None of them are horror movies, Mr. Stuart Gordon. Um, and I just watched one that I had not seen called Edmund, starring William H. Macy, um, that is a... <laughs> I will preface this by... Edmund is a very fucked-up movie, and it is not a fun watch, I would say, at any means, because your main character, William H. Macy, who I think most people think is a pretty likable guy, uh, is so unlikable for most of this movie. He's a man who's very upset with his life, um, he uh, seems like he's doing well. Like he's maybe he's like a businessman, his white collar type guy who's very bored with his life. And he goes home one day and he's just like, he leaves his wife. He goes on this like uh, crazy, not crazy night out, but he keeps trying to go out and just get laid basically. And he uh, is failing at it all the time. He's trying to pay for it. Every time he tries to pay for it, he wants to haggle someone down. So if, <laughs> if a girl's like, Give me $50. And he's like, can you do $25? He's constantly haggling himself out of sex with all these people. He's going to strip clubs. He's going to, like, peep shows. He's trying to find hookers. Like, um, and he the part that makes him deeply unlikable is he is very racist. At one point, he beats up a man and goes on kind of a racist tirade. Um, and it's it's not – I mean, it's upsetting, honestly, because it's not – you know, it's he's a horrible person. You But you have to follow him the whole time. You're kind of stuck with this character. And, of course, um, you know, representation is not equal endorsement. Uh, it's just an interesting character study about this guy who's really fucked up. Um, and I – he gets in this – it gets worse and worse. The night kind of escalates. It's kind of like a one crazy night movie. It kind of reminded me of, like, Eyes Wide Shut with Tom Cruise trying to go around and get laid the whole time. But it's very different tone than it. It feels like dirty – low budget grimy um type thing but um you've got you've got uh william h macy and there was a really good actor so at least he kind of pulls off what he's supposed to be doing and julia styles pops up uh i think denise richards popped up um people kind of pop up throughout the movie for very quick moments but it's interesting um like i said it's kind of a rough watch i was shocked genuinely shocked by where it ended up um but if you if you feel like you're in the mood for like a feel bad movie, uh, Edmund is super interesting. I will say that it's kind of hard to like recommend it because, like I said, William H Macy's such a shitty character. But I mean, you know, it's it is what it is. But I'm fascinated by these Stuart Gordon movies because I've seen the other two from the 2000s, which King of the Ants and Stuck, and all of Stuart Gordon's movies post 2000 are kind of about shitty people in very messed up situations. So King of the Ants, basically that one's hard to describe. And I had to see him like a few months ago. I'd seen King of the Ants and basically I'm pulling up the plot synopsis. Sorry. I might cut this out, but maybe not. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, this guy. Okay. Young drifter. Uh, discovers, I'm reading the IMDb synopsis, his true calling when he's hired by a mobster to stalk and kill a prominent accountant, then decides to seek revenge when the thugs try to kill him rather than pay him. So, yes, he, this young guy named Sean, I believe is his name, um, and they kind of hire him to do this, these guys hire him to do this CD work, and um, he, things kind of get, he gets double-crossed, he gets, like, tortured, it is pretty brutal, Um he gets left in a shed for like a really long time. Um, he 
he kind of ends up uh, hooking up with or trying to hook up with uh, um, this woman, the wife of the man that that he killed, played by uh, Carrie Wurr, um, and that causes issues. And um, I think we do a very bad describing this, bad, a bad mood describing this movie. But uh, um, it's it's really fucked up. There's some really messed up dream sequences. Um, it's uh, fairly uh, harsh. It's very like it's a very like rough movie. It feels it feels super low budget, um, which kind of helps in a way because it feels so rough and seedy. But I mean, uh, you got guys in here like uh, who pop up like George Went and uh, Daniel Baldwin. Uh, the main guy is played by Chris McKenna, who I don't really know for any from anything, but he's good. Um, so kind of a revenge movie that is kind of weird and fucked up. And uh, again, an interesting movie that, uh, that again, it's not very pleasant, but that's like Stuart Gordon post 2000s. Um, and then the last one that I saw, this is a long time ago. I saw this one called Stuck. Um, and this has Mina Suvari. Um, and this one's very simple to describe, actually, because Mina Suvari is like this young nurse um and she's on her way home from work and she commits a hit and run and finds that uh, the guy is basically he's like stuck in her car. That's where the stuck comes from. Uh, Steven Rea plays that guy. And he um, he's she takes gets home, goes in the garage. Um, he's dying slowly, stuck in her car. She doesn't know what to do. Um, and basically the whole movie is like her trying to deal with that situation and what she's going to do and how she's going to deal with it. Um, so again, like a, a low budget, but it doesn't matter because it's kind of all in one location for the most part. Um, very interesting. Again, very messed up. <laughs> like Stuart Gordon is such a nice man, but he made some really uh, messed up movies. Uh, I say, I swear. So if you haven't looked at Stuart Gordon's like non horror post two thousands work, um, I'd recommend it. It's, it's very interesting stuff. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to mention all those really quick. Um, and the last one I'll mention um, is a new newer movie, a brand new movie actually that just hit Shutter, I think about a week or two ago, called Lucky, uh, with Bria Grant and directed by Natasha Kramani, who directed a movie I really liked uh, called Imitation Girl from a few years ago. And Lucky is so far like one of my favorite movies of the year. Um, it's Basically, Bria Grant plays this woman who every night is kind of being stalked by this threatening figure, this man who keeps coming back to her house night for night. Um, she keeps uh, fighting him off, but he's there's never like any evidence, um, and they never find anything. So it's kind of a whole story about no one believing her that there's a guy trying to kill her every night um you know it's kind of the question is it real is she imagine it you know what's going on um but it's i don't want to say too much because i don't want to i think i'm afraid to give it away but um it's really really good i was fascinated by it for the whole the whole time uh bria grant is great i always like seeing bria grant and stuff um it's it's really interesting uh i know there's a lot going on under the surface kind of about uh, fears that women deal with and just the idea of people not believing women uh, when they say something has happened to them or is happening to them. Um, kind of an underlying thing of domestic abuse going on. Uh, there's some weird stuff with her and her um, her husband. And 
so yeah, I really yeah, that one I'm scared to say too much about because it's brand new. I don't think a lot of people have seen it. Um, I, but I really recommend if you have Shutter, seeing Lucky. I think it's really really good. Um, definitely one of my favorite movies of the year so far. So that's that's been fun. Um, so that's all I had for new watches. And really quick, I'm just gonna mention some stuff I picked up in the. I'll start with the Kino Lorber sale. I know we we're all really excited about these uh, these sales. I know we said the episode a couple weeks ago with me and Keith uh, talking about physical media. And um, kind of want to do more of that in the future because that episode seemed like it was very well received. And I really appreciate all the uh, support and love that episode got. So um, I'll do a little more physical media stuff for you guys. So um, first thing here, I have my Kino Lorber sale pickups. They came. The Warner Archive sale pickups are not here yet. But uh, I can still tell you what I got. So um, And a lot of these are blind buys. That's why I tend to do in these sales. So, um, okay, first one is... A movie I have actually seen, so not a blind buy, but it is uh, Ava. It is Kill Baby Kill, um, which is a movie I know I saw a long time ago. I don't know how long ago, but um, I remember really, really digging it. Um, and I'm surprised I didn't own it already because I, I had rated it very highly in Letterboxd. I had forgotten. I'd given it like a nine or four and a half stars out of five. I was like, oh, I really love Kill Baby Kill. I'd kind of forgotten. Uh, then I saw it pop up in the sale. And it is, I, I remember really just liking the vibe of this movie and how good it looked and, you know, had this very creepy vibe to it. Basically, um, a village is haunted by the ghost, this like little girl. Um, and there's a coroner and a medical student who are trying to uncover, you know, her secrets. Uh, and they're trying to kind of, I think, inspect the village, if I remember right. Um and yeah, it's kind of like a little bit of an Italian horror mystery type situation. Um, I mean, it's Bava, so of course it looks incredible. Um, so yeah, Kill Baby Kill was the first one I got. Um, next up, a movie I've heard about, which I think is actually pretty hard to see if you don't have the Blu-ray. And it's called Farewell Friend, uh, which is a French movie by, um, I'm not sure who it's by actually. <laughs> um, let me see here. Oh, boy. Uh, oh, Gene Herman. Okay, yes. Uh, and it stars uh, Aileen Del... God, I'm, I'm terrible at French, by the way, so I apologize. Uh, Elaine Delon, who, was, who I know mostly from Les Samurai. Um, and, of course, uh, Charles Bronson. Uh, <laughs> and I just heard, I think it was on Pure Cinema, that Farewell Friend was the movie that made Charles Bronson like a huge star in France. One of the French people love Charles Bronson. Um so I'm really excited to check this one out because, like I said, you can't really see it anywhere um, as far as I know. I think it's pretty hard to see. So basically, I know the basic premise of this one is that uh, Charles Bronson and Alien Delone, once again, I think I'm butchering it, poor man's name, uh, they serve together in the French Legion. Um, and they basically are trying to break into a bank vault. And they have like a whole weekend to do it, I believe. So... Um, I think it's just the two of them basically trying to break into this vault for a couple days. And yeah, I, that's about all I know, because like I said, I don't know if it's hard to see, but it sounded super interesting. So I really want to pick that one up when it was on sale. Um, I'm glad I grabbed that. Um, let me see here. The next one I grabbed was uh, a Chuck Norris movie, which I've heard is one of his best movies. Uh, so it is Code of Silence, which is like a Chicago cop movie. Uh, directed by Andrew Davis, who, of course, did The Fugitive and Under Siege. Um, so he's a really, really good action director, a solid action director. 
Um, yeah, actually, it's funny. Right in the back of the Blu-ray, it says, in what most critics consider to be Norris's best film. So um, it just seems like a fun action movie. Uh, I'm not the world's biggest Chuck Norris fan, but that sounds like a good one. So looking forward to checking that out. Um, next one, one I cannot believe I've never seen, but it is... Um, it is Mario Bava's Black Sabbath, and I got the Italian cut, I believe, because everything I could find online said, get the Italian cut. Um, apparently, I think AIP had the English version, and they just moved some... It's an anthology movie, and they moved some things around. So apparently people say this is the better cut. Um, and yeah, this is like one that's been on my kind of uh, horror classic kind of watch list for a long time. I just have never seen it. Uh, so another Bava in there um, that I'm really excited about. And then I picked up, I find, I mean, this is like three sales when I picked this up. I never did, but I'm glad I finally got it. Uh, Deep Rising, the Stephen Summers movie. Uh, kind of a, a fun 90s monster movie, adventure movie um, that I have not seen in a very, very long time. I know I saw it, but it's been it's been years. Um, it's got Treat Williams, Famke Jansen, um, and yeah, basically it's, they're a band of like hijackers, pirates, something, um, trying to get on the ship and, but there's a monster out there. So, um, yeah, I think it's basically just them trying to survive on the ship. I barely remember anything about it. I remember it being pretty fun. I remember something with like a jet ski jumping out of a exploding ship, I believe, I think, <laughs> uh, that might've been the poster, but, um, looking forward to rewatching that cause it's been such a long time. Um, and this one was actually not one I got from the sale, but, uh, I picked, I pre-ordered it and it's a movie I've been wanting to see for so, so long. And it's been so damn hard to see. And that is Sam Peckinpah's Bring Me the Head of Alfredo Garcia, um, which I'm really looking forward to because uh, this has been on my radar forever and it's just never streaming anywhere. You can't like pay to rent it. I'm pretty sure just very hard to see. So Kino just put this out, um, I think like what two weeks ago. I think I just I just got it before the sale started. Um, so yeah, uh, Warren Oates uh, going to Mexico, um, and uh, Warren Oates plays a I forgot he's a barroom piano player, and his girlfriend go on a, a crazy like journey through Mexico, uh, the Mexican underworld I believe to collect a bounty that on the head of a dead gigolo. They want to get his head, Alfredo Garcia. So there's like a bounty on his head. So um yeah that i don't know i mean i've been like i said i've been meaning to see it for years uh i remember watching this like sam peckinpah um documentary years ago and wanting to watch basically all his movies and uh this one was really hard to see so glad i can finally watch that i did hear there was some kind of mix up with this one with the disc where they're sending out replacement discs because i think they used the wrong hd master so they're sending out a replacement disc. I think I've already got that on the way. So that's good. So, um, but still excited to watch it. I might watch it before I get the replacement disc. Um, and then really quick, I don't have these yet, but they are on their way. They should be here the next day or two. Um, Warner Archive had their possibly last four for 44 sale. And uh, if you guys didn't check it out, I was just on our friend Daniel Epler's podcast, Cobwebs, talking about Warner, Ar Ar no, Warner Archive stuff. And yeah, so basically these are the, I picked up five because I had like a code and I got basically got one more for free. So I went with uh, Jackie Chan's Mr. Nice Guy, which I've actually never seen. Um, went with uh, Joe vs. the Volcano, which is a movie I absolutely love and 
only had an old DVD of, so I figured it was time to upgrade that because I love that movie. Um, Mystery of the Wax Museum, uh, which I've heard a lot of good things about. I've heard there's a lot of cool like bonus features on that one. Looking forward to seeing that. Um, a movie I have seen <laughs> uh, called Night Moves with Gene Hackman, um, which is pretty, pretty fantastic. Um, that's a movie that I kind of throw out there as kind of an underrated uh, movie for people to check out. Um, it's very fucked up in that 70s type of way, <laughs> like post-Vietnam, everything sucks type of thing, everything's horrible. Um, so basically, I'll, a little bit about that one. Uh, Gene Hackman plays a private investigator who's hired to find uh, a runaway teenage girl. It's the guy's daughter who hires him. Um, and he does track her down, but then he kind of finds some more stuff going on. Uh, I believe he's in Florida. I don't want to say too much really good. Gene Hackman is great, um, as that's like a surprise to no one. So, um, yeah, it's really, really good. Uh, it's it's very 70s. It's uh, in a good way, in a very good way. Um, and the last one, uh, shout out to Daniel Epler, speaking of him, because I finally picked up the Blu-ray of The Curse of Frankenstein, which I hope I'm not misquoting him. Um, I believe he said is his favorite gothic horror movie of all time. So um, I'd seen it once before. I did really, really like it. Um, so I'm glad I picked it up. I think it's like a two disc set. So they, they did a really nice job with that one. Um, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to diving into that. And that is all I have for this one. So uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this kind of little bonus episode. I just really want to get something out there. Um, I felt bad about doing an episode on Friday, so hopefully this went well. Uh, if you liked it, let me know. If you didn't, uh, maybe don't say anything uh, <laughs> and don't hurt my feelings, but uh, then I won't do any more. But uh, this was fun. I could do this on more often, like talk about recent Blu-ray pickups or things I've watched. You know, we talk about it on the show usually, but um, like I said, I just want to talk about something. I had the podcast itch. I had to do something. Um, so the only thing I will say before I wrap up is that this coming Friday, when you are hopefully listening to this, March 26th is going to, it's going to happen. This is the debut of the Unscottable uh, series that we're doing. It's on a separate feed from Film Feast. It will still be on the Film Feast uh, feed if you subscribe. Um, but once a month, um, I'm planning to have it the last Friday of every month. Um, we will, we were going through Tony Scott's filmography, uh, movie by movie in chronological order, and starting with his debut, of course, uh, The Hunger, 1983. And I'm really excited about that. Um, Lindsay Wilkins is joining me, which is great. She's my people, one of my favorite people to talk movies with. So I know we will have no problem finding things to talk about about that movie. Um, and basically, I'll tell you a little bit how that's going to work because it's going to be a little different than a normal episode, but not not that much different. Um, so I usually would start off. I will kind of do a cold opening, uh, basically by myself, and kind of give background on where Tony Scott's at in his career at the point of the movie we're going to discuss and a little bit of information about the movie. Um, I'll just do that by myself and then I'll probably throw in the trailer in between and then it'll kind of segue into the conversation with a guest. Um, uh, and then we'll have a conversation about the movie. So yeah, that'll be normal. That'll be just like how we usually do the show. So, um, but yeah, you'll hear more about it uh, on the first episode uh, next Friday, March 26th. So I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, Tony Scott's my favorite directors. Um, and uh, yeah, I just can't wait to talk about his movies and go through his career. It should be really interesting. So um, thank you guys for listening. And we'll talk to you next time. Later. Later.